0: All right, so we've been doing uh, uh, three weeks. We're talking about following him, right? That's actually our mission here at K2 is to invite everyone and to equip everyone to live out the adventure of following Jesus. And so um, here's what I want to talk about today is how do you actually walk with confidence when life around you is so uncertain? How do you actually walk with confidence when life around you is so uncertain and and this was an important lesson for all of us right with last year with our covid <laughs> when nothing was certain and yet we can still walk in confidence well as the weather gets nice uh anybody else out there uh enjoying the golf course want to be out on the golf course a little bit okay a, a couple all right um i love to golf but I, can i just say every time i stand over that little white ball i wouldn't say that confidence is the word that I have. All right? I don't go enough to have a whole lot of confidence. But I can tell you this, and I really don't have confidence when there's a dog leg, and especially in the golf courses in Michigan. Michigan, if you didn't know, is where we're from. And the whole state actually was a forest before it was settled. And some of the most beautiful golf courses there are cut right through a forest. And so, when you hit a dog leg, and a dog leg again is when you're 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 aiming down this way, and then the the the, the fairway curves around, and there's the pin over there somewhere, <laughs> and you stand there, and if you've never played that course before, then you're supposed to go now. Where do where do I hit the ball? And when you can't even see, <laughs> like I can't hit it when I can see it. When you can't see it, it's really hard. To have confidence. Now, if you've played the course before, because you've seen it, then you have confidence, or, or more confidence. Or, one time in my life, I actually got to play with a caddy. And a caddy is someone who knows the course inside and out. And they can tell you exactly what club you should use, where you should aim it. It's fantastic because it builds confidence in you. I'm going to tell you right now. If Jesus Christ came to give us anything, it's that you and I can walk in this world with confidence. And here's where I, here's my here's where I'm taking you today. Confidence rides on what you see. Confidence rides on what you see. And so look to Jesus. Confidence rides on what you can see. So look to Jesus. I'm going to take you to Judges 6 It's an Old Testament book the book of Judges and we're going to go to the story of Gideon. I Love the story of Gideon. It's Judges chapter 6 if you have your scriptures if you want to follow along and so Basically what's happening in 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 this situation if you read the book of Judges, it's just the circular uh, experience that the people of the Israelites have with God God rescues them. He gives them a place. He blesses them. They're all happy. They're praising God. But everything's going really well. So then all of a sudden, they don't really need God. So then they stop following God, and they do what he doesn't want them to do. And then everything falls apart. It gets nasty. God has to finally rise up some opposition so that they'll cry back out to him. They cry out to God. He's always gracious. He always comes back, and he rescues them again. And then the cycle starts over again. Does that sound like any of your cycles? <laughs> okay? So at this chapter, chapter six, the Israelites are once again crying out to God, because the Midianites now are coming after them. It is a season of oppression, fear and loss. In fact, in the scripture it says, because the power of Midian was so oppressive, the Israelites prepared shelters for themselves in mountain clefts, caves, and strongholds. At this point, as a nation, they had zero confidence. So they cry out to God, and God says, this is what he says to them, he goes, you guys, I rescued you, I delivered you, I brought you to this land, and then quote, but you have not listened to me. And you know what happens when we don't listen to God, you guys, life falls apart. His way is actually the way. It's actually what gives us life. It what gives us freedom. It's what blesses us. It keeps us in connection with him. When we walk in God's ways, we are always blessing everybody around us. And when we're not, it's a mess. And so when you read the Old Testament, one of the things that's important, as I was talking with our team about this message, one of the things that's important is you have to read this and you go, okay, well, how do I take this story? Because the Bible tells us all Scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training. Okay, So this Scripture, this story is actually useful for you and me today. Now, I don't know about you, I don't think we have any Midianites coming after us, right? So you so have to look at this and you go, well, h- how does this relate to me? All right? So here's what I know. <laughs> The state of our world right now around us is very few people are listening to God. Would anybody agree with that? (laughs) All right, now, in fact, lots of us in this room are having trouble listening to God, right? Okay, we are here, you guys, the church exists because God wanted to proclaim to the world good news. Jesus came to give good news to a world that's hurting and messed up because they're not connected to God. And so some of you need the good news again today. Some of you have been crying out to God. You need him to move in your life, and this message is for you. Some of you need to be delivered from fears from anxieties, from addictions, from destructive patterns, you're experiencing the oppressive nature of life right now. And it's not the Midianites, but it's spiritual on you, okay? And so Jesus is ready today, and he's saying, I've got good news for you. And then some of you need to remember, most of us who are followers of Jesus need to remember this, you're the one that God actually wants to use to bring the good news. I mean, the the world's hurting, and we're the bearers of this good news. And so, all of us need some confidence. And that means confidence if you're feeling oppressed, or it means you need confidence if you're a follower of Jesus, and you are the one who's supposed to be taking the good news into the world. Come on, man. Let's do this thing. All right? And your confidence rides on what you see. And so look to Jesus, okay? Here we go. Judges chapter 6. Let's dive into, into this story. One, oh, I just love this story. Verse 11. says, The angel of the Lord came and he sat down under the yoke in Ophrah that belonged to Joash the Abysserite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. And when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you mighty warrior what a great statement man if there's anything that should build absolute confidence yahweh is with you and these guys knew yahweh man he's the one who rescued them out of egypt he's the one who split the red sea we know him and this guy the angel of the lord comes and says the almighty god over everything is with you That should breed some confidence. And then he looks at Gideon and he says, you mighty warrior. What's he saying to Gideon? He goes, you the man. You are my William Wallace, (laughs) is what he was saying. Now, if that's the case, that should breed some great confidence. Side note, who's the angel of the Lord in this story? This is interesting, you guys. When you read the scholars, this is what's called a theophany. Okay? And that fancy theological word simply means this. This messenger was actually the visible representation of the Lord himself. Okay, This was not just an angel. This was actually God in presence. And so many scholars would say that this was actually Jesus Christ coming and speaking in the flesh to Gideon. And you'll see this later in the story, because in the rest of the conversation, it just says, the Lord said, the Lord said, the Lord said, God is speaking directly to Gideon. That's who the angel of the Lord is in this particular story. Now, man, I don't know about you, but I kind of, if you're right, if this was made into a movie, wouldn't Gideon all of a sudden like puff up his chest and go bring it on? Come on, man, I've got God, and apparently he's got me. And I'm the mighty warrior. Well, look at Gideon's response. Um, Pardon me, Lord. (laughs) Gideon replied, um, but if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and he's given us into the hand of Midian, See, Gideon takes a look around at his circumstances, listen to this, and all he can see are Midianites. And so he has no confidence. That's why he's actually threshing wheat in a wine press. Okay? A wine press, you actually dug down into the ground, and usually it was stone, and you'd put all the grapes in there in the bottom, and so you could squish them out. But when you threshed wheat, you always did it up high so that the wind would actually come and help get rid of the chaff. But he's not up there because he doesn't have any confidence, because he's scared to death of the Midianites. So Gideon's hiding down in a wine press, threshing wheat. You know his name actually means hacker. But he's only hiding. The hacker is a hider because his confidence is in what he can see. And all he can see are the circumstances around him. I love this next verse. It says, so the Lord turned to him and he said, go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? As I read the story, I thought, here's your first clue that this is actually Jesus. You know why? Because he doesn't answer his questions. <laughs> if any of you ever read the New Testament, you will see that Jesus very rarely ever answers anybody's questions. Here's Gideon. He's like, well, why is this happening? And where is God? And then God in the flesh turns and looks at him. And I love this because now he wants to get right face to face, eye to eye with Gideon. And then what's he say? Go in the strength you have. Am I not sending you? See, how confident is Gideon now? The angel of the Lord has looked at him and said, Go do this. How confident is his response to Jesus' command? The next verse says this Pardon me, Lord. <laughs> I love this guy. Gideon replied, How can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I'm the least in my family. So what's Gideon doing, you guys? In the first, his first answer, he's looking around at his circumstances, and in this time, he's looking in the mirror, and he's looking at himself. And his confidence rides on what he sees. And when he looks in the mirror, he has no confidence, because he is the least, his clan is the weakest, and he is the least. You know, I, I, can I just say, so many of us in this room right now, when God looks at you, and if he said, you're my mighty warrior, you would go, no, 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 no. In fact, I, I can't even count how many people I've talked to who actually do have faith in Jesus, but man, but they don't think that God can do amazing Powerful, great things through your life. You know why? Because in your life, whether it was your parents or the schoolyard or something happened and somebody told you you don't have what it takes and you've bought it. You think you're the least and you think you're the weakest. And I'm going to tell you right now, man, if your confidence is in what you can see and you're only looking at yourself, you're not going to have much confidence. Because it does ride on what you see, and so we got to look beyond this. Because let me ask you a question, man. What happens when your confidence is only in what you can physically see? When you look at the circumstances around you, and you see the Midianites, you see the opposition, you see the struggles, you, th- you see the uncertainties. You look in the mirror and you go, yeah, but I don't know what I'm doing, and I feel weak. And You know, you know, what, you know what happens when you look at, only look at the physical things? You don't move. That's what, you don't move. You hide. You succumb to your present situation, and you, I'll tell you this, man, and you don't do what God wants you to do. If you look at the stuff around you, if we look at the stuff around us and the circumstances, and then look at us, man, then you can get scared, and you can start freaking out. Your confidence rides on what you see. And I want to tell you this, Man. I think God loves to provide opportunities for us to know where our confidence actually lies. I think he loves all of a sudden to make things fall apart and go, now let's see. Let's see if their confidence really was in something else besides me. And probably about 98% of the time, it was. And now all of a sudden we realize, wow, my confidence is only in what I see physically. But what if, come on, man, what if, We can look past the circumstances. What if we can look past ourselves and not think that it's all about what we've got and what our abilities are? I think Gideon's question is every one of our questions. When Jesus said, you go, Gideon said, how? How can can I save Israel? God, how are you going to come through when all I see is the physical opposition? You know how? It's by faith, you guys. Come on, man, this is, it's by faith. Your confidence rides on what you see, and so you need to be able to look past the physical to Jesus. And faith are the eyes that see beyond the physical. Faith are the eyes that see beyond the physical. Look at this verse, classic, Hebrews 11.1. One. Faith is confidence. Love that. In what? In what we hope for. In assurance about what we do not see. The Bible tells us all as well, we walk by faith and not by sight. So you guys, we walk in confidence in what we see beyond the physical world. If it's from what you physically see, okay, then your confidence is not in God. And you know, you know, what, the, you know what the Bible calls that? That's, we call that idolatry. We actually worship something, we put our trust in something, we put our hope in something that isn't God and it's almost always something that's physical. It can be a person, it can be your job, it can be finances, it can be a building, it can be, and and it's like, and next thing you know, it's like, wow, all of those things can be gone in a second. If it's in circumstances or in your ability, then the truth is you don't trust God. And you don't stay in union with him because when those things don't look good, it freaks you out and you get afraid and you don't move, and you stop walking by faith. Okay? And this is Gideon's challenge, and it's your challenge, and it's my challenge, and it's our challenge. We need spiritual sight because confidence rides on what you see, and we need to see beyond this. So here's a, I would, kind of a silly little illustration. How many of you have confidence that there's a stand sitting on, on this, uh, on this uh, stage right now? Okay, go ahead, play with me a little bit. How many of you have confidence that there's a stand on the stage right now? All right, okay, everyone. Why? Because you can see it, all right? Now, I'm reading 1 John, just finished 1 John. The last section of 1 John, here's what John says. He goes, I write these things to you so that you will know. And then he says, I write them to you so you'll know you have eternal life. I write these things to you so that you know that you can have what you ask for. That when you ask something in accordance with God's will, he hears you and you can know that you have what you ask for. And then he goes, and here's what we know. We know we're children of God. We know Jesus keeps us safe from sinning and destroying our life. We know Jesus has given us understanding so we can actually fellowship with God. So I'm looking at this and I'm going, wow, we can know these things. I like, is there something funky going on? Um, I like to go a little bit behind and see what the actual word know means. This is so interesting. The Greek word that John used for you to know, for you to have absolute confidence that you have eternal life and that God answers your prayers and that you're a child of God and that Jesus is gonna hold you firm till the end. The word he used is the word to see. In other words, what he's saying is, you can have as much confidence. Thanks, Josh. You can... Listen to me. Here's, Here's what John was saying. You can have as much confidence... And his reign over you as you can in what you physically see and there wasn't one of you in this room who doesn't know that there's a stand on this stage because you see it and in the spiritual realm you guys God has given us what we need so that we can actually see into the spiritual realm and you can know the things that are true about God. This is what every one of us needs so that your confidence isn't in just what you physically see, but it's beyond you. Look at these two fantastic verses. 2 Corinthians 4.18 says this. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. This, this section right here starts off, and Paul says this, therefore we don't lose heart. Come on, man. How, how, if, if you're, let me go back right to the Israelites who were scared and anxious and it was oppressive, and if you're in a situation like that and you need to not lose heart, then you need to have the ability to see the unseen. Because whatever is happening physically, good or bad, it's temporary, y'all. It's temporary. But what is unseen is eternal. Look at this one, Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Let us fix, I'm sorry, let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of faith. I'm telling you something I know is true about you and I know it's true about me. Your confidence is riding on what you see. Can you see Jesus, you guys? Can you see him? Can you get past the temporary physical things on the earth and look into the unseen, the spiritual realm? I'm going to give you four things right here. How to increase your confidence in spiritual sight. How can you increase your confidence in spiritual sight? Here's number one. Jesus came down and he sat next to Gideon and he told him the truth. So that's what you got to do. You got to have Jesus come down and sit next to you and tell you the truth. Okay? No problem. He says, if you ask anything, he'll do it, right? No. Now, here's what you know. Jesus is not going to come down. I don't think. He could, but I don't think he's going to come down. But I can tell you this. If you receive Christ, he has given you his spirit, and it says the spirit gives you the thoughts of God. You know what the Bible is, you guys? The Bible is the word of God. And I'm telling you, the number one thing you've got to do is you have to To receive his word. Gideon had to hear from Jesus in that moment. I'm going to be with you. You are a mighty warrior. I'm sending you. He needed to hear that. You know what? So do you. You need to hear it. I need to hear it. So I'm just telling you right now, I I pounded, I've been saying this for 17 years. If you hang out with me, I'm going to pound this until I see Jesus myself. How in the world are you going to make it? In a physical world that's so uncertain, where things go up and down and where you lose stuff left and right, and where Jesus says you have a spiritual enemy who's lying to you all the time, incessantly about God that he doesn't love you, that he's not good, that he doesn't care for you, that he's not gonna provide. That happens in every single human being. We love to go down the road to worst case scenario town, don't we? That is so human. And I'm telling you, if you are going to see beyond the physical world, you've got to receive his word. And i got to do it every morning, man. And I am. And I'm asking you to do the same thing because then we'll see. You will see him for who he really is. Number two, how do you increase your confidence in spiritual sight? Is you worship. We're going to do that when I'm done. We're going to worship. You guys, years ago, I remember worship for me is it gives me a chance to say, God, you are, and I'm not. You are, and I'm not. Worship is when you elevate him to his rightful place. And I don't know the beautiful thing about music. God has designed us in this way that the words capture your brain, the music moves your heart, and somehow in your whole being, it takes you to a different place. For some of you, the worship is the most important thing that we do here because it helps you to get back in the right place. You're seeing God for who he is. Man, worship him, you guys, and that will help you have spiritual sight. Here's a third thing. To increase your confidence in spiritual sight is listen to others. Listen to others. I can't tell you, this is so important for me. When I'm in that dark place, you guys, because I'm, I'm, okay, I've been doing this for 33 years, I know some stuff, right, about the Bible. At least I hope I do. But I can tell you this. Knowing it here does not make it live in here. And some things I know intellectually, I still struggle to believe in my heart. And I have found what I need when I'm doubting the reality of God, and I can't see past my circumstances, I can't see by my past my own ineptness, my own weaknesses, my own sin. Man, it's so frustrating when you know yourself. You know what I need? Since I can't see past it, I need someone else to say, David, but I see it, I see it, and that. When someone else comes alongside me and tells it to me, it's what works, you guys. So increase your confidence by receiving his word, worshiping him, listening to others. And this is, I think, maybe the most important one. Take a step of faith. Take one step of faith. Don't just come to church and learn stuff. Don't let it stop in here. Jesus himself said, the man who builds his house on the rock. So when the storms come and the winds blow and the rock stands firm, it's the person who heard my word and put it into practice. And the only difference between that one and the guy who built his house on the sand and the same storms came, the same uncertainties, the same physical realities that they saw, they were seeing the same thing, except that guy, Jesus said, heard my words and he didn't put them into practice and his house crashed. I'm telling you, confidence in seeing Jesus is take one step of faith. And you know what happens? You see him work. Take a step down the fairway and peek around the corner and see where it is. I'm telling you guys, one step of faith. That's what the Israelites had. Remember what he did? Remember what he did? Well, you can remember what he did if you actually took a step and st- took a step of faith and saw him do it. So if you want to see, if you want confidence and have your confidence ride on what you see, then you've got to get past the circumstances and you've got to get past yourself and you've got to look and you've got to see Jesus. And he says, I will enlighten the eyes of your heart and you will see him when his word gets into your being, when you worship him, when you listen to others, and when you take a step of faith. And then let me just close with three statements that Jesus gave Gideon, that he will say to every one of you, this is where it's so cool, when you look, what Jesus said to Gideon in the Old Testament, he's saying to every one of you today. Three statements you can have confidence in. Number one, Jesus said to Gideon, I am with you. Okay, let's all say that together. I am with you. Come on, man. Have confidence in his presence. Our confidence right now rides on what we see. Can you see Jesus? Can you see him in your circumstances? Can you see him and his great love for you when you look in the mirror? And I tell you, God is love. He can't be anything but that. And he's with you. God is good. In fact, Again, remember, Jesus says, my father's always at work, and he's always at work, and he's working in all things for the good. God can't do anything but what's good. Do you know that? Do you see that in your circumstances? Do you see his love? Do you see his goodness? He's righteous, which means he can't do anything wrong. Our God is with us, and he's right. We can totally trust him, y'all. And he is the almighty God. By the way, nothing can come against him. And that God is with you. Can you see that? Because then, man, you will have confidence no matter what. Number two, he said, Gideon, you are a mighty warrior. And this is when we have confidence in his power. Okay? Because remember, what did, what, did, what did Jesus say to Gideon? Go in the strength you have. Gideon's like, I ain't got none. And Jesus is like, Perfect because I'm going to be with you. See so here's what he said later on. He goes, Gideon, I will be with you and you will strike down the Midianites. I love that. And it's not because you are anything special, Gideon, but it's because I'm with you and I'm special. You guys, our confidence is in his power. He says this, look at this in Romans chapter 8 verse 31. It says, what then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, you guys, who can be against us? And then look at this. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Man, when Jesus looked at Gideon and said, you are a mighty warrior, it wasn't because Gideon was all that. He wasn't. It's because God was going to be with him. And you guys, the same thing. You and I can be more than conquerors through Christ who loves us. Man, let's win this thing. And then the last thing Gideon said, or Jesus said to Gideon was, am I not sending you? Am I not sending you? Basically, he's saying, hey, Gideon, it doesn't matter what you're thinking. It doesn't matter what your plan is. I have a plan. And you can have confidence in my plan. This isn't about you figuring out something. Good luck with that. He goes, I'm actually sending you. And if I'm sending you, then you can have absolute confidence because it's my plan. (laughs) What's your confidence in you guys? We can have absolute confidence when we can see past the physical stuff and believe that God has a plan. Now, confidence in the unknown? Yes. There are things that we don't know yet. But I'm telling you, man, Because of who he is, we can have absolute confidence in him. Because here's what I want to tell you. Is the confidence that we can have, you guys, our confidence is not in a building. Our confidence is in Jesus who said this. In John 20, 23, he says, Peace be with you as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And you know what he sends us to do? He sends us to love each other. That was so point blank, he's like, I got one command for you guys. Love one another the way I love you. And you know what? We can do that anywhere. And then he said, and go make disciples of all nations. Receive the power of my spirit and be a witness. Tell everybody, proclaim the good news to everybody. Come on, man. You're in here an hour a week. When are you witnessing? When are you bringing his light? When are you proclaiming? See, we don't need this thing to actually do what Jesus has sent us to do. God sent Jesus to bring the kingdom of God to earth, and he sends us to do the same thing. And we're going to do it because that's his plan for the church. And we can see that. So band, come on up. And, man, what two great songs are we going to sing here? Because it's going to talk about confidence, and it's going to talk about his presence. Our God is with us, you guys. And while the band comes up, let me just tell you the end of the story. Do you know what happens at the end of the story? Gideon, who's the least and the weakest, eventually listens to God and he decides to go with him. And you know what happens? He sees the power and the faithfulness of God. Did you hear me? He sees it. He decided to look past the physical circumstances of the Midianites, and his own limitations as a person. And he went with God, and then he saw God move. And the coolest thing is, you guys, your confidence rides on what you see. You know, the craziest thing in this story is Gideon went to battle with 32,000 men. And God said this, he goes, you know what? He goes, I can't deliver the Midianites into your hands, or Israel will boast against me. My own strength has saved me. Gideon's like, all right, God, I'm going to do I got 32,000 guys. Let's go. God's like, yeah, that's too many. Because if you guys go now, you're going to think that you actually did it, and you'll boast against me. So you know what God said? He goes, hey, anybody who's scared, just tell them they can go home. It's okay. Just tell them they can go. 22,000 of those warriors went home. And all of a sudden, Gideon's left with only a third. He's only got 10,000 people left. And then God looks at Gideon and he goes, eh, it's still too many. He goes, now, now let me actually get it down so that everybody will know that I do this and not you. So he tells him two different ways. He goes, you guys are going to drink water in two different ways. He goes, the ones who just lap it up like a dog, gonna, those ones are the ones who are going to fight. And only 300 men drink that way. And then God's like, send the others home. We're good. Let's go against the Midianites with just 300 people. Because then you will see me. And your confidence will be in me. And not in circumstances. And not in what you bring to the table. And I'm telling you guys, God wants your confidence and my confidence and our confidence to be in Him. Your confidence rides on what you see. So let's stand, and let's worship, and let's lift the eyes of our heart to our almighty God, and let's put our confidence in Him. Let's do it.